0: Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, it's Friday night, we're going to take a look at some issues that, well, I don't know if everybody can relate to. Uh, video games and sex. Not everybody plays video games, and not everybody has sex. So. Well,
1: <laughs> I think most people have tried it. Yeah. Um, the sex that is. Um, uh, the, <laughs> uh, the but the video games. I think that even if you're not in the age bracket to play video games, so that age bracket's getting older. I mean, it I, sure is. I I grew you're up, almost forty. i I'll be forty next year, and I grew up in. We had a, an Atari 2600. We were by no means a rich family. So we weren't the first ones on the block to get one of these things. But this was, the, this, was, this was it as far as game consoles. This is the one that had the penetrating power that got into every household, um, or most of them.
2: That was actually my first video game console. The too. 2600? Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to pick the games up for a quarter, though. So, so you got it. Yeah. yeah by, by then they were, you know, they were in the junkyard. Yeah.
1: You're significantly younger than <laughs> I am. I, I remember having played uh, Zelda on the Nintendo back in the late 80s. So you know, and that's the the old yeah. Nintendo with the cartridges. Uh, and and being 40, so the, I, the
0: 2600 was, I think, also my first uh, video game system. But I was more between the two of you, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, you're a decade ahead of me, Mark, uh, and I'm not that much further, uh, I guess, ahead of you. No, no, Luther. Uh, hey, but, we're but
1: gonna get I think to that. that most people have have dealt with people playing, them. you know, I mean, that's even the even if it's it's generally a male thing and yeah. it's generally a young person's thing, although it's getting older as time goes by. So, but I think that right. everybody knows a young male, right?
0: Well, I, and I can tell you the aspect of video gaming we're going to talk about tonight is something that I think even you know, if grandparents are listening to the show uh, this evening, they'll be able to I think they'll appreciate because, well, it has to do with addiction. And anybody that really doesn't, somebody that doesn't play video games, uh, that sees their, their, uh, grandkids or their children playing video games a lot may very well be concerned with the possibility they could be addicted. So Slack
1: mouth, wide eyed. It, it, it can be scary to see people play video games. Punched all right. over.
0: First though, we got to go to your phone calls. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever is on your mind. We'll start things out with Chris listening in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hi everyone.
3: How are you
0: doing? Just so, super. What's on your mind to, uh, tonight?
3: Well, i got two things to talk about. I'll let you decide which one first. Uh, I have EPA regulations that are coming into effect in April. I don't think you've talked about them. Uh, that's a $30, let's, let's start with that. What, what's going on there? What,
0: what's going there? Well, Yeah, let's just start there. What's going on with the, uh, okay. the EPA?
3: Uh, it's new re- lead uh, regulations. Um, if anybody does any work to your house, uh, if it was built before 1982, and you have a child that comes to your house about two days a week. You can't uh, bypass these regulations, and if they fail to do it, it's a thirty-six thousand dollars fine for per day on the contractor for not following these procedures.
0: Wow, it's for yeah. the children. Um what's that It's for the children yeah just one yeah. of uh, one of many uh, governmental mandates that they've forced down upon homeowners uh, I know that uh, the, the, the house that i uh, I own here up in uh, up here in New Hampshire built in 1890. And back then, they used asbestos as the siding on the house. Now, some people use asbestos for uh, for other reasons. I think insulation is uh, is one of them. But this is just hard shingle kind of asbestos, so it's not a it's not gonna blow around and get into people's uh, lungs. Uh, but nonetheless, because there is asbestos there. Uh, th- th- because there is asbestos, it's going to require. If I do some sort of siding replacement, it's going to require some insane level of regulatory not uh, not necessarily approval, but they, they have to have like an asbestos evacuation team standing by, and that's and there's just this incredible cost uh, involved in all that. So, uh, this is certainly something that many homeowners are not unfamiliar with. It's just yet another uh, foray into deciding. Uh, yet another forway, foray into deciding for homeowners exactly how to, uh, you know, rule over them.
3: Right. Um, well, can I walk you through the uh, process for following these regulations real quick? Sure. All right. First off, all the contractors have to uh, wear white paper suits with uh, boot covers on and respirators. And then they have to cover the entire area with plastic, uh, like making a little tent around, the, like if, say you're doing a window. Uh, which isn't cheap, then they, uh, before they even begin, they have to use these test kits on three different places to make sure there's no lead in the uh, paint in mm. case they don't have to do this. Is, is this then, all
0: just because a, a paint chip might fly off and into some child's lungs or something or into their no, they, stomach?
3: They'll eat it. Right, right. Now, they've been doing this for years for, um, like, uh, Section 8 housing, uh, government housing, uh, but this is just getting into everybody's house now.
0: Mm. Okay, so continue. So you've got to put a big plastic thing around the uh, the work zone, and then what else?
3: Uh, you have to wear a white paper suit uh, with a respirator, boot covers, and put plastic up. Right. And you can't use any of this more than once. After you're done with the job, it has to be disposed of. Mm. And then you have to use a, uh, a vacuum cleaner but it, to clean up everything properly. And this isn't just a regular vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner costs about $1,000. Uh, you know... All, with this, the, uh, proper
1: all this is going to do is make it so that poor people or people who are you know lower lower to middle class um, can't afford to get new windows and things like that because uh, you know stuff done to their house. So they just have to live in worse and worse housing. And this that's intended to help people is once again going to hurt people. And by the way, well, people with um, low income and lower to middle income, those people are the ones most likely to have kids. Also, there
3: it's going to. At- cause a lot of contractors to go out of business because some people just can't afford to do this. It costs the contractor over $100 more per window just in labor. I mean, just in materials, not including the hours of labor that it involves. And it's just no it, it's going to double the price of everything pretty much
1: yeah and and it's going to uh, you know because it's going to increase cost it's going to and demand for new windows is going to remain the same it's therefore going to you know make it uh, so that you know fewer people get windows because they're not going to be willing to pay the increased cost
0: but if it just right. saves one life <laughs> well um, then what
3: th- there's well, another that's thing that's that's
0: that's say mm-hmm. sorry go ahead
3: uh, there's another thing that could happen, though, which is uh, these regulations don't apply to homeowners doing their own work. So all that's going to happen is they're going to bring a friend along and pay them under the table.
0: Yep. I see. A friend. Right, because <laughs> yeah. there were – I mean, it's just so absurd. Just the whole idea is just so ludicrous. I, I, p- p- kids the, – the, the, the whole thing is based off of a, a kid coming along and picking up a paint chip and eating it. That's the fear, right? Yeah. Right.
1: Lead-based paint is sweet.
0: It also really works, and that's why they used it. Yeah, Good paint. So what else did you want to share with us tonight, Chris?
3: Uh, well, I also got – I moved to uh, Pittsburgh in uh, 2007, rather. And I had a truck, and it was registered in Maryland, where I'm at now. And uh, I wrecked it after I moved there, and I still have Maryland plates on it, so I junked it. And I didn't turn the plates back in.
4: Now, I didn't know
3: in Maryland you have to turn the plates back in, because I grew up in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. where you didn't. And they sent me a bill. Uh, this is in oh9 so that's two years later, for $5,500. Whoa. For, for not having insurance on my truck. Because the, in their paperwork, it was still on the road. It still had tags, which were expired. And it didn't have insurance. And in Maryland, if you don't have insurance on your truck or any vehicle, it's a fine for every day.
4: Mm.
2: Well, I guess that'll teach you not to read every law of whatever state you happen to move to. Yeah, or pass True. through. Yeah. So had
3: True. you sent
0: the tags back, then that that may not have occurred?
3: Yes, that's right.
0: Man, that's the second tag story that we've had so in the last So you didn't pay month. this, right? Like, who, who's going to pay this? No, that?
3: no, I just threw the paper in the garbage.
0: Well, what,
4: you know,
3: call them back? You didn't even say, hey, what the hell is this? I tried, and I stayed on hold for an hour, and then they transferred me to another place who hung up on me. What are you so supposed I to do? I I gave up.
0: But now you're living in the same uh, so-called jurisdiction? Right. So they could pull you over, and uh, and then they could do something else to you, Right.
3: Uh, possibly, but I'm Let, let us know what develops,
0: it. Chris. Thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you and good luck out there. 800 259 9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind to control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live.
5: The legendary Race into the Night, the world's fastest sports car racing, door-to-door for 12 hours in an epic showdown. Be there Saturday, March 20th at Sebring International Raceway. The 58th annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida, is coming March 20th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, Acura, and other world-class racing teams. Battle in America's toughest road race. Gates open on Wednesday, March 17th. Order your tickets today. Call 800 626 7223 or visit SebringRaceway.com. See the cars and stars of the American Le Mans series. Seven supporting races. Vintage race cars. Driver autograph sessions. The party zone and much more. Four days of family fun at Sebring. Children 12 and under admitted free. For more info visit SebringRaceway.com The 58th Annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida. March 20th is the date. Sebring is the place. Order your tickets at SebringRaceway.com
0: Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those, including our Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies who have sent us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that for yourself and get involved. Shrine.freetalklive.com. By the way, the shrine of female listeners brought to you by our friends over at Manchesterbrewing.com. Again, that's Manchesterbrewing.com. We continue here. We'll take your uh, your phone calls. Also coming up, we'll talk about eleven sex acts that are not normally considered sex. Right, Mark? No, Did no. I get that right. Uh,
1: no, no. The, it's a it's a poll, and people have been asked, "Is this sex?" I see. And uh, hmm. the answer's uh, surprising.
0: Okay, well, we'll find out what that's all about here. Plus, I want to tell you about the uh, Institute for Humane Study uh, Studies coming up, upcoming rather, <laughs> summer seminar program. Uh, you can get your application in for various different seminars like Liberty and Education, Radicals for Capitalism, Ideas of a Free Society, Liberty and Leviathan Policy from a Libertarian Perspective. In fact, there are a whole bunch of them, 11 total locations, uh, include major cities around the country, plus... You'll be provided with meals and housing, so you just have to get yourself there, and then your costs are pretty much covered. Deadline is March 31st to get registered. Go to LibertarianSeminars.com to get on board. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. By the way, this is only for people that are of college age, in college, just graduated from college. Is that right, Mark? Okay, so com. I think you could be like late high school for the seminars. Really? Okay. All right. Well, we continue here. Uh, Brad is in California. Uh, what's on your mind tonight, Brad? You're on Free Talk Live. Really? That's that's deep. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. 800-259-9231. Uh, so, Mark, let's uh, jump into the story you've got. Where is it from?
1: Um well, I- Sorry, my computer just did something funny here. Um, it I I don't know the web address, but uh, anyway, they took a, a poll. How did you find this?
0: What's that? If you don't know where it's from, how did you? Where's this coming from?
1: It's from elevenpoints.com. Uh, okay. So it's eleven points uh, on you know sexual activities. It's a uh, eleven sexual activities that people don't count as having sex. Gotcha. And is, uh, um,
2: is foot rub in there?
1: It is. It is not. Okay. Um, it's really strange. And I will just read the in- intro for for kicks here. It says a few days ago I saw an article about a study conducted at the Indiana University. Researchers at Indiana surveyed hundreds of heterosexual adults, male and female, from age 18 all the way up to 96 and asked them if different sexual activities constituted as having sex. And the results were amazing, at least the results I saw. As usual, the uh, liberal media only published enough of the (laughs) findings to give us a taste, but uh, not a complete picture. Fortunately, the good people at uh, the Kinsey Institute um, were kind. Same folks who came up with the Kinsey scale. Yep. Were kind enough to provide me with the full results of the study and good people over uh, the good people that over there at the Kinsey Institute. It's totally worth getting uh, um, it on with one of them, even if you can uh, get the feeling they're just doing it for research purposes. Mm. It's a little Kinsey joke there. So anyway,
0: number one. So these are – they gave people a list of things or yes. people were – okay. So they gave people a list of things and they responded whether they thought it was a sex act or not.
1: Correct. Okay. Whether it counts as having sex or not. Um, so this is regular I, – I don't even know what to – the use, term to use if I don't use the term sex to describe this. But r- the regular uh, – you know, Intercourse? Penis to vagina intercourse. Okay. 5.2% of the people count this as not having sex. Uh huh. Right. Basic sex. Yeah, sex. Yeah. Huh. It, it was a number that made. Uh, and, and this guy's writing from the first person. It made me realize that we can't really take anything for granted in this study. Essentially, that's like saying if you went up to 20 people and asked them, "Does having sex count as having sex?" One of, one out of the 20 would say, "Nope." <laughs> well, what does? <laughs> yeah, right. And it makes it makes makes one wonder if you don't count this as having sex, then what do you count? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> The people really bringing the percentage uh, down from here are the older men. For 65 and up, 22.7% per, uh, say that does uh, say that it's the penis and vagina sex doesn't count as having sex. By far the highest percentage of any range but and could gender. We just call that intercourse, right? I mean, that's the common
0: term for it, is Would you it. We prefer not? to have that term
1: used.
2: It's more of a, a formal term for
0: it. Yeah. There is. Well, let, no... Let's try to be as formal as uh, as we can here. I mean, am not that, I, that there's am anything. Am I pushing non- it? I don't I mean, feel like I'm pushing I mean, the envelope here. I, I think those terms are clinical, so it's fine. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. So
1: number two, just the tip. Five point six. Don't count
0: that as intercourse. Okay, gotcha. I don't think we need to explain any further on that one. No.
1: Um, so if if you just dabble around for a short period of time, then that shouldn't count. Slightly more people said no. So it's very strange. No significantly, uh, significant difference between women's responses and men's responses during the study. So it, it isn't a case where every guy counts that as uh, towards his number and as he tries to inflate it and every woman says it doesn't count or as she tries to desperately stay away from the uh, – into the golden single digits of sexual partners. <laughs> so number three, penis-vagina sex without uh, – or excuse me, with a condom. Okay. Seven, uh, six point seven percent. So it it goes up, you know, from five point two to six point seven if you wear a condom. People that don't believe that that is in fact sex. Hmm. So it doesn't. It's not sex if you wear a condom, is what uh, six point seven percent of the people say.
0: Oh, you're not touching,
1: <laughs> right? No? <laughs> Luther, let me know if uh, any of these reach your, your range here, okay? <laughs> As to what uh, what doesn't constitute sex. So the a whole ceremony of a condom, which is universally says time to protect ourselves for sex, uh, apparently isn't that at all. Hmm. Um, one out of 15 And people, who did they
0: interview? Just where did the statistics come from?
1: People interviewed from the ages of 16 to 96. Is this a phone survey? It doesn't. I, I'm sorry. They we don't, don't have know. Specifics. Yeah. Okay. They're heterosexuals. Got it. Males and females. Okay. So only heterosexuals. Got it. Yep. <laughs> Number four. Penis, vagina, sex with right, no... We we
0: just call it intercourse? I mean, is fine, that possible? Fine, uh, But I have to still use the right, term like so pandering. you understand.
1: I, it's, it's saying no. the term sex is, is pandering? No,
0: penis and vagina over and over again. I don't know. But it's specific, that right? I mean... Oh, that, that's in the actual uh, story? Here? I'm not making this up, okay, well, We're talking about heterosexual sex here.
1: No, we're not going to be talking... In t- we're talking about people, uh, heterosexuals interviewed about sex. Okay. If you don't so want I'm to talk guessing, about this, I'm that's fine. I'm guessing it's
2: going to, go in, in it going to go in other directions. It is going to go in other
1: directions, Okay, I see. so then, there's going to be other yeah, types. I can see how making this decision. is Other parts, is you know, that, that's what yeah. these parts do. Yep. Okay. So if you feel like I'm pandering, no. fine. We'll stop. We'll go talk about something else. But I don't it's know fine. the difference. I mean, you know, the, it's the specifics here, man. It's a, it, it is a poll. With no female orgasm, 7.3% say mm-hmm. that that doesn't count. So you know, doesn't count if uh, she doesn't.
0: I think we are at the you know the the percentage point here where you could just have people effing with the poll. I mean, this is not really shocking to me. It gets yeah. better. Like it's not shocking one, to you.
2: The first one, five like, percent. I mean, that's yeah, five the, percent is statistically. They were just messing ins- with them. That yeah. was my
1: thought.
0: I, I feel like that's statistically insignificant. I I felt like it was. Uh, I I
1: don't think so. It, it's. Yeah, go on. Anyway, um it's you know, 5% is not st- significantly uh, statistically insignificant. However, it could be people screwing with it. That's them. what I mean, yeah. It could be, I suppose. Like that's not a big number. Um anyway, uh actual intercourse with no male orgasm doesn't count. That's 10.9%. Is that significant? Stif-
0: no, you're getting a little more significant there. Right,
1: again because it's doubled the other number that was previously 5.2, yeah. more than doubled that. So, right. you know, and I can kind of see how people would say that that's not
0: really sex, I suppose. Okay, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, You can share your thoughts on this or bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in free talk live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL, C-A-I, toll-free line. It's one 800 259 Ninety-two thirty-one. that number brought to you by SACL CAI, uh, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got various different ways for you to listen to the show for free online, including our live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions. We also have our webcam, plus... If you've got a phone that can dial long distance, you can listen via our listen lines. Get all the details at listen.freetalklive.com and tune in for free. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Critical thinking question. Why would something that's so good for us, like government education, need to be imposed on us with the use of force and funded by the use of force? Maybe something else is going on. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education. You can visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com. 1-800-259-9231. As we continue here with, is it 11 different sex acts, Mark? Yes. Uh, 11 different sex acts that uh, apparently a surprising number of people don't actually consider to be sex. Yeah, it was a a poll taken, and um, I think the numbers are kind of interesting. And you said it's from 11points.com, is that right? Yes,
1: it's from 11points.com. It's from the Kinsey Institute's uh, Got it. Uh, study here.
0: So we are through how many of them? Four five, five of them. Five of them? Yep. All right. Um,
1: the, the most recent one was uh, regular intercourse with, with no male orgasm, 10.9%. That's one out of 10, more than one out of 10 people does, do not consider that to be, in fact, sex.
0: And did they, you said they broke, they broke it down uh, by male and female? Yes. So, how many males don't consider that well, they sex? they didn't break
1: down every one of them, but they do have those statistics. This this guy's just writing an article about it. I, I don't have the actual numbers sitting here. I'm in curious front of me. about
0: that because that would seem to be full of themselves. Males that uh, are only interested in their own orgasm—that would—that uh, would answer in that
1: in that fashion. Well, I'll, uh, I'll read what it has here. It says um, the, the gentleman who Luther
0: is looking confused
1: about. Well,
2: uh, it's just, I had a uh, I dated a girl who uh, felt the that way about it, and I, right? didn't, I didn't. You know oh sure that's sex
1: right well I couldn't tell you what uh, what other people think but um, anyway this one says <laughs> uh, I actually kind of get this one if you're an old if you're old school procreationist or misogynist it's not over until the man says it's over once again it was the uh, 65 and older men carrying the torch here 36.4 of them said it it's not sex until they've uh, finished things off and hmm. put back their loose-fitting white tank top and taken off their Sock carders and set their alarm clock for 4.30 a.m. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you. It's a funny an miracle. interesting
2: picture. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, number six. Anal sex with a condom. 18% don't consider that as having sex. Ah, yes, the argument has kept Catholic schoolgirls sane for generations.
0: <laughs> Is that what was uh, factoring in there, younger people and their views on anal sex? He doesn't give any, any numbers. Okay. Because he did I mention would, the older people in the other uh, example. Yeah, I don't know. Gotcha.
1: So this is uh, the same thing, anal sex, but this time with no caveats. So instead of using a condom, no. Got it. Okay. But 19.1% don't count that as having sex. This is the strangest one of them all to me. Down from 36%? Down from 18%. Oh, eight, I'm sorry. So So it's, it's, it's actually gone up from 18%. So for some reason, it's
0: more sex when you have a condom on in anal sex.
1: Yes. Got it. More like more people consider it
0: to be sex. Got it. That doesn't make any sense at all. No, it doesn't. So this is the flip-flop from
1: the uh, the regular intercourse statistics with anal sex. More people think that it counts as having sex if it's protected as opposed to unprotected. <laughs> they should do a follow-up survey asking people which of those two options is grosser. I have a, a hunch that it would be that uh, number one would win. The older people drove this number up, but this time it wasn't just the men. Fifty percent of the men, um, 65 plus, said the um, anal sex doesn't count as having sex, but so did 33.3 of the women in that age range. For the love of all good things, do it not. It
0: seems to me that, and and I'm certainly not the Kinsey Institute, but it seems to me that anything in pursuit of uh, orgasmic pleasure is, I think, sex. I mean, that seems to be a a fair definition.
1: We get down to numbers, um, you know, 10 and 11. Uh, you, and you could made argue extreme.
0: that uh, withholding orgasmic
2: uh, orgasmic pleasure is a form of, uh, well, I guess it'd be sort of sexual teasing, but. To the aim of uh, uh, just that level of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's done. I'll tell you that. It,
0: it, it's done. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, w- yeah intentionally, right, right, right.
2: intentionally withholding pleasure from
4: somebody.
0: Like, to, to the point where it's not ever given. Like, you're talking about not just teasing, but right. uh, just, t- like, t- never. That, yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead and talk right into your... your oh, market. I'm sorry. That'd be great. Um, yeah. But so what you're saying is that there are certain people that are into that where, you know, they might get tied up or, you know, whatever it is that, uh, that's actually not going to uh, completion. Yes. But that that... Even after hours of being tied up and all that, that they never end up getting there is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, sometimes. I think that you're probably right. That that would also
1: it's count. T- it's titillation. I don't think it's sex. Um, I think no? that uh, no, I think you when you put the firebrand into a spot that's warm and, and cozy, that's uh that's sex. Whereas um you know even or the spot that's supposed to be warm and cozy in the case of necrophilia uh it was one point <laughs> nec- um was uh, warm and cozy. Um, but I think that that's what constitutes sex to, to me.
0: You got me? No, I don't really know. Firebrand, warm, warm and cozy. <laughs> it's like are you talking about ing- like like you're
1: talking to <laughs> to a, a mental midget. I don't understand. Yes. Okay. Do you know what the firebrand is? Do I have to go a little farther with you?
0: No, it sounds like intercourse is what you're
1: describing. No, here. no, I'm talking about any place warm and cozy.
0: I see. So gotcha. there's,
1: I I can think of three offhand, yeah. but you know, like I I don't have a tendency. But it doesn't have
0: to do it. It doesn't necessarily have to do with that. I mean, uh, do you consider self pleasuring sex? No, no. Why would it be? Okay.
1: It's, it's sex a sexual
0: activity. It's sex
1: with oh, yourself. I'm fine. That's a different term. Okay. You know, I mean, no, I don't. Um, so anyway, everybody's got their thing, right? Um, what they, Where they consider this line to be. So number eight, receiving oral sex, 27.1%. Don't count this. So as is it
0: not sex point of information? Is it not sex if uh, you have a partner who is uh, manipulating your... Nope. No, that's not nope. sex to you. No, so, it's not. So the you yours can, to you, sex is only the in and out, basically that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: it's in some in, in and out of something. I would say. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have to disagree with that, Luther. No. Uh, well, what about lesbian sex? <sighs>
1: you know, I uh,
0: if if you're going to pursue of an, or, of
1: and an ask me uh, whether or not I am a uh, you know like a, a sexist. Yes, I am. I just. Don't consider lesbian sex to be sex. I'm sorry. I just just don't. I think your definition is pretty messed up. Well, you know, I'm a male. I've got a definition that males would use, right? I'm a male. I don't have that definition. All right. Well. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. You're outnumbered. Yeah. You're going to punch your guy's cards. Um, (laughs) What, What number are we on here? Eight. All right. Receiving. Oral sex, 27.1, don't count that as having sex. Now, this is blatantly, just blatantly because of Bill Clinton. During his uh, sexual scandal uh, and the semantic games therein, the most influenceable generation was the one that is now 18 to 29, and they're by far the least likely to count this as sex. For men, 18 to 29, 60% say receiving oral sex doesn't count as sex, and for women in that age range, 32.3% say that. Women, in general, are more likely to call things sex, by the way. So you guys are firmly in the female camp. Isn't that nice? I'm definitely in touch with my feminine side. Yeah. You can keep it. The <laughs> Number nine, performing oral sex, 29% up from 27.1. Don't, per, don't count that as having sex. Mm. Well, I found all the numbers about the intercourse sex and anal sex surprising, this makes no sense to me. If I had been part of this survey, I would have answered, doesn't count as having sex to both of these oral sex questions. What can I say? I've got all the, uh, we've all got a little Bill Clinton inside of us. So, and then he has a little joke there. Some more literally than others. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Number ten, receiving manual stimulation—is that clinical enough for you?
0: Receiving manual stimulation? Yeah, that yeah. would be playing with uh, one another. So, of... um, do you consider
1: that to be or not to be? I sex. would say that is uh, that is sex. You are in the minority because fifty-one point nine percent don't count that as having sex.
0: Okay. I know I can understand why people believe that sex is only the uh, the in and out. I understand why there's that common belief system, but I don't I don't agree with it. Number but, 11. I think that
1: people can do things that are sexual that are not sex, you know? And I suppose that's where the the lesbians fall in. And you know, they can use they've tools and things. Number 11, um, performing manual stimulation as opposed to receiving it um, is 55.1%. Don't count that as seven sets. So all the... uh genital based activities you can do this gets the fewest votes of anything of having sex as it should nothing but happens to you out in the public and at a vegas strip club or during the phys- um during a physical with a deliciously thorough a doctor should make you go running around talking about the sex you had
0: toll free number here is 800-259-9231 how would you define sex this is free talk live well, you can bring up whatever you want This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you.
2: And Luther.
0: And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month we will take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing new Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and join up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talking about a survey from the uh, Kinsey Institute, they surveyed a number of uh, Americans between 18 and 96, was it, Mark? I think it was 16 and 96. Six, 16 and 96. Uh, about nope, what, 18 you're right I, about I what they considered to be sex and uh, just curious as to what do you consider to be sex and of course we have to keep the conversation clinical I don't want to pander to uh, any lowest common denominator but clearly people have different definitions I mean right here in the studio uh, the hosts on this program have differing definitions as to uh, to what is considered sex mark you were telling us during the break that if uh, if uh, the if you get an orgasm but the other person doesn't then to you that's sex but the so, for, but this, but orgasm does. You, orgasm is a critical component for you. If you don't get an orgasm, then it's not sex. I wouldn't, right? I wouldn't say that, but it's you know it's it's certainly not put in the successful column. I see. All right, so we continue here. Frank is in New York here on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark.
3: Ah, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Frank. Uh, no, it's a very interesting discussion. I was wondering if this would be considered sex. Reading Adam Smith's Wealth of Nation in reverse cowgirl position with uh I guess uh, a riding crop and uh, uh what do we call those things on the boots that you use to prod the horse? Spurs. <laughs> Spurs. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah.
6: Spurs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how many Sign me up.
0: I don't know how many people actually engage in reading whilst they're uh while they're having sex.
6: That's what I'm
3: That's wondering, would that be considered sex or not? Well, would it's that be uh, the intellectual t- discourse or possibly, you know, a variation of sexual intercourse? I don't know. Uh, thank you.
0: Thank you, Frank. Frank, in and out tonight. 800-259-9231. Was that a sex joke? I, was, I guess it was. Yeah. Uh, joke of the week. We continue here <laughs> with George listening to KBYO-FM in Louisiana. George, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Hey, evening, y'all. Hey, George. Hey. Um, I, I don't mean to... Uh, Maybe this is not a good uh, – the, the, the beginning course of the whole evening was uh, is this sex uh, poll thing. But I was just wondering, uh, were you able to, to um, hear about the, uh, the textbook little controversy for they're deciding what they're going to put in their textbooks in, in Texas today?
0: No. No, what's going
7: on? Well, you know, it's, a, it's conservatives versus liberals. Um, and uh, the conservatives, they, they won hands down. Um, in Texas I, being, being I <laughs> being I have nine grandkids and one on the way I was uh, concerned about it but uh, the basically the, 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 the things that caught my attention most were that they're going to keep the Constitution in in, in the in the history books and and, and, um, and civics and so forth or, uh, um, they're going to they're going to make sure that uh, that we we teach our children to learn that America is not a bad country and that God is still and uh, we're still basically a, a Christian nation. What,
0: what would make a what would make a country bad as opposed to good? What what is the discrepancy in your mind, George?
7: Well, can, I, I'm, I'm sorry, my phone's oh, no. I'm about half deaf and I can barely hear you. But because I turned my radio down. OK, what would make what? A, the, the country bad?
0: Yeah. Well, I, you said America, I'm, you said you want to teach the kids that America is not a bad country. So what would make it bad?
7: Well, that um, we view uh, we that we have the uh, that we are a militarist uh, country that we just invade countries for the heck of it, and that our founding fathers.
0: Wait a minute! Isn't that what's going on?
7: Well, no. That's that's sometimes that's what I hear from folks, and that's what they want to teach. That's what some of them, the liberals. That one lady got Wait a minute, up wait. I'm, con- I'm
0: confused. Did, did you guys understand? Did you pick that, what, what he was trying
7: well, to. I think he's, he's suggesting
1: that uh, a bad country would be a country that just went and invaded countries for no good reason at all, rather than making up a good reason.
0: Do
1: you okay, think I you
7: have to bear with me because I can barely hear you, okay? I understand,
0: George. S-s- George, uh, can, can you hear me now?
7: A little bit better. I have highway right. traffic, I'm in the backyard, and I turn my radio down. Gotcha. Uh, okay, let me, let me just go ahead. Uh, go ahead and say a couple things. Yeah. And maybe. Maybe y'all can discuss it. And, All right, and uh, maybe maybe there'll be somebody listening and might uh,
0: find let us have it, George. More. Go for it.
7: Okay, the, the, basically the three things that come out in my mind was that, that that I the thing basically three things that I was glad to hear was that the 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 lady that was the main lady that was I don't remember her name and and I, but she got so disgusted that she just walked out. And and because they were wanting, her side was wanting to put in all these things about what we're teaching kids wrong. And um, they they decided they were going to teach the Constitution as it was written and, and its purpose of. They, they decided that um, we're not going to teach our kids that we are, our history is of a bad nation, that we're just a bunch of, uh, want to take the world over and, and so forth and then and the other thing was we're going to keep Christianity in in, in the teachings and then um, uh, so you say you're happy about all this oh yes uh, very much so I mean I have nine grandkids and and, and, and I'm concerned I mean mm. I, I, I appreciate people's liberty is it and, possible and,
0: George in your mind for uh, the, for America to be a good country but for the government to be bad?
7: well you know the government nobody likes the government hmm. nobody does. I mean, and except the folks that are making a living doing it.
0: Oh, yeah, they like it. That's the only
7: ones that like yeah. it. But, you know, I mean, we, we, we have to maintain we, our children are going to grow up and their lives are going to be based on what they learn in school. And if, if all they learn is that, that, that we dominated this country and Asian countries, we dominated Europe, we dominated this, and it was all for bad purposes our Constitution— doesn't apply anymore because it's outdated. It doesn't count anymore because we have to move on. They call that progressivism, progressive, being progressive. Um, there, there, there's certain fundamentals that, that our nation was founded on that, that, you know, nobody likes the government. I mean, I, I don't like paying taxes. Who in the world likes paying taxes? And, and, and just like uh, you all have an advertisement that talks about school sucks.
4: Yes, um, it does on your, on
7: your show there. But okay, what? There, mm-hmm. I don't know of any other way to teach children.
0: There's oh well, no, no, it's government school. That right, sucks. the school sucks. Podcast okay, well, is well, very clear. School,
7: okay, but what school are you going to put in place for all the kids if there is no government school?
0: Well, private schools, a whole bunch of them. Yeah.
2: Okay, any well, kind
7: that you can pick are, from. Are we going to? Are we going to subsidize all the kids? To go to private schools? You know, no, George,
1: George um, here's what bothers me. I just went to the school in my town that uh, we pay a million dollars for in a town of uh, 1,700 people to, to send the kids to. And I looked around hey, the parking lot. Is that lot. all? It's $60 million here. Yeah, well, it's crazy here. Um, I, I looked around the parking lot as I was getting out of my 1993 Dodge shadow with the peeling paint on it. <laughs> And I was looking at all the brand-new pickup trucks,
7: brand new, yeah, all yeah. the
1: brand-new cars, and I was thinking about the – well, if it's about 80 percent, the the taxes I pay were probably about $2,500 that I sp- – spent to send other people's kids because i'm not going to spend send my kid to that school other people's children the money that was taken out from my child to give to these other people's kids who are driving all these nice cars george and that just makes me livid
7: i just imagine it does mark i don't blame you i don't i don't right. want to
1: what responsibility do i have to send those people's kids to school i didn't f their wife
7: george <laughs> mark i i'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that i'm not just dis- all i'm saying is I mean the, the the kids have to learn somewhere and and the government abuses the, the the they they blow they they just throw it out the window the money they receive in taxes yes,
4: sure they do. mismanage
7: everything and and, it's, and and none of it is good nobody wants it but, but but it's you still have to come down to a basic fundamental the kids that are growing up have to learn to go in one direction or another and, and i don't and know if, what
0: that means well,
1: I'm
7: George, sorry, I can't hardly hear. I don't mean no, over-talk George, to George,
0: we are almost out of time for you, though. But thank you for the call and the thoughts. Right, Appreciate well, hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. I don't know what he meant when he said that uh, the kids have to learn to go in one direction or another. Well, he, what he's that, talking
1: about is if if you're going to have an apparatus called public school, that apparatus should go his way, and I, you I know see. I want it to go my way, no doubt. I I want this. I I just want, want to go away. Thing. I just right, want it to absolutely. go away. Absolutely, that's really the only solution. But the question is, what about the poor people? And it's a legitimate. It's a legitimate question. Uh, first off, um, public school isn't about poor people. If it was, middle class people wouldn't send their kids there. Currently, public school is welfare for middle class people and a basically an indoctrination center where the teachers union gets to teach your kid what they feel like is the best thing.
0: Yeah, and if I don't like what they're teaching, like he was talking about how they're going to keep Christianity in schools or whatever, if I don't like that, then I'm still forced to pay for something I disagree with. It's just a messed up system. 800-259-9231. Get the government out of education. Let the marketplace handle it like every other product and service. It's Free Talk Live.
5: Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins. All certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial up whatever, and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Video games, they have become a multi-billion dollar industry. I believe they have surpassed Hollywood movies at this point. I believe that's the case.
1: That's what I thought, but uh, certainly... some video games uh, make more than than most blockbusters. Movies. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so the the industry as a whole, though, I believe has uh, has surpassed uh, the gross, if you will, of, uh, of Hollywood movies.
2: And, and that's wow. just phenomenal. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Movies are pretty awful nowadays.
1: <laughs> and, and but it's 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 pretty awesome because you think about how much movies cost to produce. And I don't know what it costs to produce video games. I don't, but it I see not be that much.
2: much as it costs to produce just the special effects for a movie, I would imagine.
1: Yeah,
0: probably. Yeah, because you don't have to hire the the talent. You don't
2: yeah, have to Yeah. And all the unions that you have to deal with.
0: That's
1: true too. Yeah. You know, if I'm tr- trying to decide whether or not I'm going to spend um, you know, $10 on a movie for a, in DVD or whether I'm going to spend $20 in a video game, I'm going to get many more hours of entertainment out of a video game than I am out of a movie. Very it's
0: true. true. And you can go back in many games, especially these days. Uh, they're designed uh, what they call non-linear, yeah. to where it, you know, in the old days uh, you would have only you would have had to gone from point A to point Z in the game, and there would have really like been only, only one way to get there. Yeah. Now there are games like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, yeah. And other types of games where essentially there's kind of a a world in which you can go and do a variety of
2: things. They have modes for people, uh, what what are called completionists, who want to go back and find all the little tokens within (laughs) the game and all that
0: stuff. (laughs) Right, we're actually going to be talking about some of that here. There's a story from uh, cracked.com. Uh, about and this is, I think it's relevant just in general because while well, games are so popular, I'm sure a significant portion of our audience is uh, has played games. But for those of you that haven't, you certainly, as you pointed out, Mark, last hour, know somebody who is a gamer. It's very likely uh, whether it's your your uh, your son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter, they're very very popular. So uh, keep that in mind as uh, as you hear this. There's it's a look into five creepy ways video games are trying to get you addicted. So the headlines say, this is from, again, crack.com. So the headlines say somebody else has died due to video game addiction. And yes, it's happened in Korea again. What the hell? Look, I'm not saying video games are heroin, says uh, the uh, David Wong over at Cracked. I totally get that the victims had other things going on in their lives, but half of you reading this know a World of Warcraft addict And experts say video game addiction is a thing. So here's the big question. Are some games intentionally designed to keep you compulsively playing, even when you're not enjoying it? Oh yes, and their methods are downright creepy. Number five. Putting you in a Skinner box. If you've ever been addicted to a game or known someone who was, this article is really disturbing. Which we're not going to read to you. Uh, It's written by a games researcher at Microsoft on how to make video games that hook players, whether they like it or not. He has a doctorate in behavioral and brain sciences. Here's a quote from the article. He's a brain scientist. Quote, each contingency is an arrangement of time, activity, and reward, and there are an infinite number of ways these elements can be combined (laughs) to produce the pattern of activity you want from your players. It's like a mouse after cheese. Notice, his article doesn't contain the words fun or enjoyment. That's not his field. Instead, it's the pattern of activity you want. His theories are based around the work of B.F. Skinner, who discovered you could control behavior by training subjects with simple stimulus and reward. He invented the Skinner box, a cage containing a small animal that, for instance, presses a lever to get food pellets. Now, I'm not saying that this guy at Microsoft sees gamers as a bunch of rats in a Skinner box. I'm just saying that he illustrates his theory of game design using pictures of rats in a Skinner box. This sort of thing, and that there's there's a picture here of uh, a picture from that guy's article with a rat in a, a Skinner box. This sort of thing caused games researcher Nick Yee to once call EverQuest a virtual Skinner box. Now EverQuest is an online, what they call a massively multiplayer role playing game, nicknamed EverCrack.
1: Correct. For the fact that people it's just don't
0: see, seem to be able to stop. Well, some people don't seem to be able to stop once they start. So what's the problem? Asks Wong. Well, gaming has changed. It used to be that once they sold us a $50 game, they didn't particularly care how long we played. The big thing was making sure we liked it enough to buy the sequel. But the industry is moving towards subscription-based games like massively multiplayer online games that need the subject to keep playing and paying until the sun goes supernova. You see, because games like EverQuest or World of Warcraft is another one, uh, they they have a monthly fee that the players uh, have to pay in order for the privilege to actually play the game. So it's in the game company's best interest to keep you locked into that game as much as possible so you'll keep paying month after month after month, uh, rolling cash into the uh, the company's coffers. Now, there's no way they can create enough exploration or story to keep you playing for thousands of hours. So they actually had to change the mechanics of the game so players would instead keep doing the same actions over and over and over, whether they liked it or not. So game developers turned to Skinner's techniques. It's a big source of controversy in the world of game design right now. Braid creator Jonathan Blow said Skinnerian game mechanics are a form of exploitation. It's not that these games can't be fun, but they're designed to keep gamers subscribing during periods when it's not fun, locking them into a repetitive slog using Skinner's manipulative system of uh, carefully scheduled rewards. Why would this work when the rewards are just digital objects that don't actually exist? Which brings us to number four, creating virtual food pellets for you to eat. (laughs) Most addiction-based game elements are based on this fact. Your brain treats items and goods in the video game world as if they're real. Because they are. People scoff at this idea all the time. You've spent all that time working for a sword that doesn't even exist? And those people are stupid. If it takes time, effort, and skill to obtain an item, then that item has value. Whether it's made of diamonds binary code, or beef jerky. And you can see this in some of the the, the realms of these online video games where they allow you to uh, to trade or to sell the items in whatever way you think is best. So yeah. some people will go in and they'll slog through a portion of the game that may take a very long time yep. in order to get a certain uh, reward, a, a certain sword or something right. like that. And then they can sell that on eBay and they can actually get compensated by somebody who didn't want to go and do all of that work, sure. who just wanted the sword, and they can actually... make People are actually making money in some cases on getting these items. Usually
1: I would guess that that money is um, probably not nearly worth the time that they put into it. Probably not. They probably could have put on a McDonald's uniform and uh, flipped burgers and made significantly more money for the the amount of money they got for selling their gnome-slaying sword or whatever. Likely true.
0: Likely true, but you know they like the game, and but so they have two food.
1: now, so they might as well sell one.
0: But it's proof that there is real value. It's it's proof it's true. That, that there is some value to that uh, to that binary code. Hmm. Uh, but that's why the highest court in South Korea ruled that virtual goods are to be legally treated the same as real goods. Well, the IRS ch- certainly
1: treats the, treats them that way. If you sell the uh, the gnome slaying sword, you have to claim the
0: income from it. Virtual goods are now a five billion dollar industry worldwide. By the way. So there's some serious money out there attached to these things.
1: You know, they try to do this on Facebook. They'll say, like, you know, send your friend flowers or a cup of coffee or whatever. And did and you pay for it? Th- there are different things that you can pay for. I don't know much about it. Yeah. I have no interest in sending people little pictures. But, um, you know, some people do that.
0: There's nothing crazy about it. After all, people pay thousands of dollars for diamonds, even though diamonds do nothing but look pretty. A video game suit of armor looks pretty and protects you from video game orcs. In both cases, you're paying for an idea. So what's the problem? Of course, virtually every game in the last 25 years has included items you can collect in the course of defeating the game. There's nothing new or evil about that. But because gamers regard in-game items as real and valuable on their own, addiction-based games send you running around endlessly collecting them, even if they have nothing to do with the game's objective. It's very much intentional on the developers' part—an appeal to our natural hoarding and gathering instincts. Isn't this kind of how that uh, the Farmville uh, game works? on They mentioned Farmville in here as Facebook. a matter of fact.
1: It, Farmville is, uh, you know, the first of a very successful group of games um, on Facebook, where they don't even—it's it's not even motion. You don't even see things moving around or anything like that. These are just pictures um, of, of stuff and, and sort of dice rolls, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like random generated numbers and stuff. It, it's amazing how these games are addictive, but I play one called Castle Age, and I'll tell you, at least once a day, I'm on there doing, its, doing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I do get, a, a you know, little pictures of things that well, yeah. I
0: let me know. when no we use. Co- We've still got three more here. So let me know when we come across something that you can relate to as far as you feel like you fell for it, basically. I'm sure we're, I fell for all of it. More coming <laughs> up here at 800-259-9231. You can tell us uh, about your gaming addiction or whatever you want. Free Talk Live.
8: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line, we're talking about Video game addictive techniques, some of the uh, things they can do now that they never could have done 20 years ago. I mean, the video game industry is pretty mature these days, Uh, having been around for a few decades now. uh, They've really managed to perfect their craft, especially with the the advent of the Internet and uh, being able to actually pay monthly fees in order to play certain games, like the massively multiplayer online role-playing games like World of Warcraft and EverQuest, uh, to where these uh, game companies... There, Many of them who are designing these types of games, their their, their motivations have shifted. Instead of just designing a, a good game that en- engrosses their gamers and then gets them to come back and buy the next game, they design a game that gets the gamer locked in for an et- eternal period of time. There's no end to these games. The uh, the World of Warcrafts, the EverQuest, there's no finish point. Well, it's sort of the difference between,
1: um, uh, you know, like a book a paperback book, which the intention is to sell you the book, or mm-hmm. in some cases, the intention is to sell you the book and the 10 books that come after it. Um, a, dec- a decology, I believe is what those are called. Trilogies, right. you know, whatever. Um, and the difference between that and sort of a comic book. Comic books want you to keep coming back month after month after
0: month and paying. So I suppose so. I mean that's a very general way of putting it. Uh, some of these, some of the things, that, the techniques here that crack. techniques are different. Yes. Right. Some of these techniques that Crack.com dot com uh, is talking about or is going to talk about here are are uh, pretty devious. Uh, so we'll we'll get to we'll continue this story here again. Crack. dot com's John, I believe John Wong, uh, writing this, and so he's talking about uh, a, a Mr. Wong looking for Mrs. White. That they they create no. these uh, items. Well, they,
2: that's they, Mark's joke for the week. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they create <laughs> digital items and they appeal to our natural hoarding and gathering instincts, collecting just for the sake of collecting. That you can just collect these items, even though collecting the items has nothing to do with the whatever the object is. If the game has an object, that it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the object of the game. And uh, Luther, that goes, I think, to some extent, what you were talking about earlier. The idea of well, you've got this. You could you could go and. Collect, collect them all <laughs> yeah. within the game, and then they'll give you like they'll give you a little trophy thing for that uh, mm-hmm. if you manage to collect all of the items. But the trophy's meaningless beyond you know the fact that yeah. you got the trophy. I remember
2: right? Grand Theft Auto San Andreas had a number of those actually. Uh, there were uh, graffiti tags you had to find all through the city and tag everyone. Yeah, like a hundred of everyone. them or yeah. 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 and uh, lucky charms like horseshoes. I think that you had to find around the map stuff like that. And so right. once you were done with the game, you could still explore and find these little nooks and crannies
0: did you ever do it did you ever go and right uh, no. you'd have to be a real hardcore to go through something like that some
1: of them I some games I have and some games I haven't it just depends on
0: whether I'm interested in gathering the either eggs well the Easter yeah but eggs. They, excuse me I'm, if they give you something for the for the gathering of the Easter egg beyond always. just a little image that says you did it you know, if you could if you could get like a badass gun out of doing it or something yeah. like oh, that, oh now it matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Right>. Uh, <laughs> I so. see. So it's your criteria by which you measure this. I see. So, I see. So yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, it says it works too. Just ask the guy who kept collecting items even while naked boobies sat just feet away. In fact, I've got that uh, story they're linking to there. It's uh, it's quite a sad story about a man and his uh, video game addiction. Uh, we may share that if we have uh, have the chance. But continuing with the uh, the five things, five creepy ways video games are trying to get you addicted. And as the article from the Microsoft guy proves, developers know they're using these objects as pellets in a Skinner box. That At that point, it's all about number three, making you press the lever. Is it lever or Lever. 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 Uh so picture so you have you can use either lever as the more commonly used. So yeah. picture yeah. the So picture the rat in his box or since I'm one of these gamers and I don't like to think of myself as a rat, picture an adorable hamster. Maybe <laughs> maybe he can talk and is voiced by Chris Rock. If you want <laughs> if you want to make him press the lever as fast as possible. That's a great lever. <laughs> how would you do it? Well, not by giving him a pellet with every press. Pretty soon he'll relax knowing the pellets are there when he needs them. No, no. The best way is to set up the machine so it drops the pellets at random intervals of lever pressing. He'll soon start pumping that thing as fast (laughs) as he can. Experiments prove it. They call these variable ratio rewards. In Skinnerland, and this is the reason many enemies drop valuable items totally at random in games like World of Warcraft, this is addictive in exactly the same way a slot machine is addictive. You can't quit now because the very next guy you kill could be the winner.
1: And you've invested all this time up to this point, killing and uh, you know eliminating um, these uh, the bad guys. So you know stopping now would be contrary to uh, you know your,
0: your best interest. You've, you've right. put all the time in. It could be the next one, or the next, or the next. The Chinese multi, uh, multi, excuse me, massively multiplayer online ZT Online has the most devious implementation of this I've ever seen, says Wong. The game is full of these treasure chests. Now get this. The treasure chest may or may not contain a random item. And to open the treasure chest, you need a key. How do you get the keys? Well, you buy them with real-world money, of course, like coins in a slot machine. So there are people in this Chinese uh, MMO that are literally putting cash into the game well, to get keys to open treasure chests that may not even have an item in it that is random.
1: Wait a second. I understand that devious and everything, but um, this this is what these Facebook games do. You have the opportunity to uh, of, uh – of. I don't. I don't think there's any opportunity to buy these favor points in this game I play, which is Castle Age. But mm-hmm. you can get them by buying from their advertisers. They oh. have. They have. Uh, you know, just ran. You know, apply for this credit card, get 302 favor points, and then mm. for either 10 favor points or um, you know, it, it 15 favor points or three uh th- three random tries for 35 favorite points or something like that you get these chests and these chests will open up and give you random stuff and some <laughs> of it's junk and some of it's good and i've thought to myself you know if i'm going to apply for a credit card this is the way i'm <laughs> going to do it <laughs> or i should cancel my net netflix subscription so that i can reapply for it
0: right here wow or
1: whatever i mean i've i've thought about these yeah. in, the, in the
0: they've they've
1: i've they've come into my a mind daily... as consider
0: consideration and you play this game daily at, at, yeah at least daily okay Uh, But that's not all. ZT Online does something that even the casinos never dreamed up. They award a special item at the end of the day to the player who opens the most chests. That is devious. Now, in addition to the gambling element, you have thousands of players in competition with each other to see who can be the most obsessive about opening the chests. One woman tells of how she spent her entire evening opening chests. She managed to open over a thousand to try to win the daily prize. She didn't win because there's always someone else who's more obsessed than you. So, what's the problem? Are you picturing her sitting there watching her little character in front of the chest, clicking dialogue boxes over and over, watching the same animation over and over for hour after hour? If you didn't know any better, you'd think she had a crippling mental illness. How could she? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. How could she possibly get from her rational self to that Rain Man-esque compulsion? (laughs) Well, B.F. Skinner knew. He called that training process shaping little rewards step-by-step like links in a chain. In World of Warcraft, you decide you want the super cool tier 10 armor. You need five separate pieces. To get the full set, you need more than 400 frost emblems, which are earned a couple at a time from certain enemies. Then you need to upgrade each piece of armor with marks of sanctification, uh, sanctification. then again with heroic marks of sanctification. To get all of that, you must rerun repetitive missions and sit, clicking your mouse, for days and days and days. Boobies be damned. Once it gets to that point, can you even call that activity a game anymore? It's more like scratching a rash and <laughs> it gets worse. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit AMP.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing into free. that's the SACL CAI, toll-free line tonight. It is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. And the features include various different ways for you to be kept in the loop about the show. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can access our updates list, our Twitter, uh, our Facebook page, all from news.freetalklive.com.
1: If you're thinking about buying a house or a car and your credit report doesn't look as good as you'd like to see it look, go to cleaningcredit.com. It is a credit repair law firm, and they help you with existing foreclosures, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, collections, late payments that are on your credit file. And the way they do it is they um, they will, for you, uh, dispute these Items on your uh, on your credit file and get the ones taken off that, uh, for whatever reason, they don't feel like <laughs> uh, disputing back. So go to cleaningcredit.com. That's cleaningcredit.com. They are part of the Better Business Bureau for more than six years and listed uh, number one in the Consumer Advocacy uh, Group of America. CleaningCredit.com.
0: We're talking about a story from Cracked.com, which I think is is really insightful. Uh, It's called Five Creepy Ways Video Games Are Trying to Get You Addicted by David Wong, one of the editors over there. Uh, He's talking about how in an article by a Microsoft game, not not one of the designers, but some sort of, uh, I forget the exact title of this person, but basically somebody who was uh, trained in psychology. Uh, looking at games as though they were a Skinner box. It's, it's one of these boxes that they designed to put a little uh, rat into and have them press a lever in order to get uh, pellets, and things like that, and just kind of looking yes. at the, the different uh, incentives and things <laughs> like that that go into that particular scenario. Setting us up as
1: though we're all Pavlov's dog.
0: Number two, we're on number two here uh, keeping you pressing the lever forever. Now, the big difference between our Skinner Box hamster and a real human being is that we humans can get our pellets elsewhere. If a game was really just nothing but a clicking a box for random rewards, we'd eventually drop it to play some other game. Humans need a long-term goal to keep us going. And the world of addictive gaming has got this down to a science. Techniques include easing them in. First, set up the pellets so that they come fast at first. Then, slower and slower as time goes on. Levels that get harder and harder yep, to reach. That's because why you need
1: more experience points to reach
0: the yep, larger levels. That's Sweet, why right. they make it very easy to earn rewards or level up in the beginning of a massively multiplayer online game. But then the time and effort between levels increases exponentially. Once the gamer has experienced the rush of leveling up early, the delayed gratification actually increases the pleasure of the later levels. That video game behavior expert at Microsoft found that gamers play more and more frantically as they approach a new level. So if you're getting closer to uh, your next level, then it's more likely that you'll skip a meal or you'll, you know, not go out and do something with your friends or whatever it is that might otherwise be calling to you because that level is uh, it's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eliminating stopping points. The easiest way is to just put save points far far apart, and I, those games are frustrating to me, where yeah. you, you can't just save any old time you want to, you have to go by the game's scheduled checkpoints. Anyway, uh, or engage the player in long missions, like World of Warcraft raids, that once started are difficult to get out of without losing progress. But that can be frustrating for gamers. So you can take the opposite approach of a game like the new Super Mario Bros. Wii, where you make the levels really short, so it's like eating potato chips. They're so small on their own that it doesn't take much convincing to get the player to grab another one. And soon, they've eaten the uh, the whole bag. By the way... This is the same reason a person who wouldn't normally read a 3,000-word article on the internet will happily read it if it's split up into list form. Are you ignoring boobies to read this? I've done my job. (laughs) Play it or lose it. This is a real uh, crappy move. Why reward the hamster for pressing the lever? Why not simply set it up so that when he fails to press it, we punish him? Behaviorists call this avoidance. They set the cage up so that it gives the animal an electric shock every 30 seconds, unless it hits the lever. It learns very fast to stay on that lever all the time, hitting it over and over forever. Why is your mom obsessively harvesting her crops in Farmville? Because they wither and rot if she doesn't. In Ultima Online, your house or castle would start to decay if you didn't return to it regularly. In Animal Crossing, the town grows over with weeds, and your virtual house becomes infested with cockroaches if you don't log in often enough. It's the crown jewel of game programming douchebaggery. exactly keep the, what it is. Keep the player clicking and clicking and clicking just to avoid losing the stuff they worked so hard to get. Now, Mark, you say you play one of these uh, daily games on Facebook. What's it called? King's Age? Uh, castle Age. Castle Age. Do they have anything like this where the castle gets decrepit or something like that if you don't
1: log in and play the game? Nothing that I can think of offhand other than they, they increase, they, you know, they have new... You wouldn't
0: know. You log in every day, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I, have, I
1: have stopped for uh, for weeks at a time just to kind of okay. see what it was like, and yeah, essentially nothing. So there's no
0: punishment for yeah, that.
1: Yeah, there, no. there's no punishment. Um, but they do have uh, I, I would I would I would think that if you did it early on, then your character would be weak, and other characters would take all of its money or something. Well, so you, yeah,
0: there's the incentive you stash to stash it. Or there's something. the incentive to compete with the other players. And- Anyway, all of the above, each of those techniques has a downside, and to get the ultimate addictive game you combine as many as possible, along with a random drop gambling element mentioned before. Now, uh, they get the hamster running back and forth from one lever to another to another. So what's the problem? Well we asked earlier if the item collection via obsessive clicking could be called a game. So that raises the question what is a game? Well, we humans play games because there's a basic satisfaction in mastering a skill, even if it's a pointless one in terms of our overall life goals. It helps us develop our brains, especially as children. I find this with, when I play video games
1: is absolutely true.
0: That that you are... I want to achieve the next thing. Yes. Uh, and to test ourselves without serious consequences if we fail. This is why our brains reward us with the sensation we call fun when we do it. Heck, even dolphins do it. This is why I haven't included games like Guitar Hero in this article. They're addictive, sure, but in a way everybody understands. It's perfectly natural to enjoy getting good at something. Likewise, competitive games like Modern Warfare 2 are just sports for people who lack athleticism. There's no mystery there. Everybody likes to win. But these hit-the-lever-until-you-pass-out-from-starvation gaming elements stray into a different area completely. As others have pointed out, the point is to keep you playing long after you've mastered the skills, long after you've wrung the last real novel experience from it. You can't come up with a definition of fun that encompasses the activity of clicking a picture of a treasure chest with your mouse a thousand times. This is why some writers blasted Blizzard games when World of Warcraft introduced a new achievement system a couple of years ago. These are rewards tied to performing random, pointless tasks over and over again, such as fishing until you catch a thousand fish. So, this is back what we were talking about before the idea that, oh, if you catch a thousand fish, then you get a reward of thank you. Mm. I mean, what is the point of this? Yeah. There's no goal. There's no real goal there. There's nothing. There's no satisfaction beyond some sort of level of internal, I did it kind of uh, satisfaction. Well, I think that, you know, I mean,
1: I. He's trying to distinguish the difference between what's a game and what's, you know, a pointless game, and, you know, it's It's all up to you. It's really tough. I mean, life is what you decide to make life about, because life is essentially growing to be old enough to procreate, and then doing that, and then, you know, anything after that is really pointless.
0: So. um, Yeah, I I know what you're saying. Sometimes I feel like games are pointless. I have that kind of like doesn't matter to me what the goals of the game are. I just feel like it's just not something that I want to do. And other times I don't feel that way. But I just mean in general, like, I just don't want to play games because I feel like it's waste, It's a waste of time. And yeah. sometimes I do want to play games. Anyway, no new content, no element of practice or discovery or mastery was included. Just a virtual treadmill. Of course, game developers would correctly point out that nobody's making the players do it. Why would humans voluntarily put themselves in laboratory hamster mode? Well, it's all about number one, getting, to call, getting you to call the Skinner Box home. Do you like your job? Considering half of you are reading this at work, I'm going to guess no. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to the one thing that makes gaming addiction, and addiction in general, so incredibly hard to beat. As shocking as this sounds, a whole lot of the guy who failed all of his classes because he was playing World of Warcraft all the time horror stories are really just about a dude who simply didn't like his classes very much. This was never some dystopian mind control scheme by the game developer. The games just filled a void. We'll continue here, and you can share your stories. It's Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves.
8: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Maybe you want to go and buy that hot new video game. Well, you can do that through Amazon. Uh, they sell virtually everything, dozens of categories. The world's largest internet retailer, maybe you've heard of them before. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of their brand new items, which means likely if you're going to go buy a brand new video game, it's likely you're going to get free uh, free shipping on it. So head over to amazon.freetalklive.com, get your shopping done, because when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. Now, if only we could get a percentage of uh, somebody's World of Warcraft monthly fees. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because then you'd get the the residuals. Who's we? We, meaning the show. Free Talk Live, the show. (laughs) Um, But no, we can't. Unfortunately, we can't do that. But nonetheless, so we're talking about video game addiction here. (laughs) Cracked.com And the five creepy ways video games are trying to get you addicted. Uh, they're talking about the the, the the Skinner box, the idea you put a rat in a cage and then you give it a lever to press and all these different techniques as to how to get it to press the lever uh, more often and uh, kind of likening that to some of the things they're doing in video games these days. We're up to number one here. We'll get, get right back to your phone calls here as soon as we wrap this up. Uh, So from Crack.com, talking about addiction uh, being more related to gaming addiction, specifically more related to people that don't really like their normal lives, uh, they say, why do so many of us have a void to fill? Because according to Everything Expert Malcolm Gladwell, to be satisfied with your job, you need three things. And David Wong, who's writing this, says, I bet most of you don't have two of them. One, autonomy. That is, you have some say in what you do day to day. Two, complexity. So it's not mind-numbing repetition. Three, connection between effort and reward, i.e. you actually see the awesome results of your hard work. This is why I've always loved radio sales, (laughs) because it has all these. (laughs) Most people, particularly in the young gamer demographics, don't have this in their jobs or in any aspect of their everyday lives. But the most addictive video games are specifically geared to give us all three, or at least the illusion of all three. Autonomy, you pick your quests, or which Farmville crops to plant. Hell, you can even pick your own body, species, and talents in many games. Complexity. Players will do monotonous grinding, especially because it doesn't feel like grinding. Remember the complicated tear armor frost emblem dance that kept our gamer clicking earlier? Connection between effort and reward. This is the big one. When you level up in a World of Warcraft game, a plume of golden light shoots out of your body. This is what most of us don't get in everyday life. Quick tangible rewards. That's for certain (laughs) (laughs) They don't get quick, tangible rewards in real life. It's less about instant gratification more about a freaking sense of accomplishment. How much harder would we work at the office if we got this and could measure our progress toward it? And if the light shot from our crotch. The beauty of it. <laughs> okay, Radio Sales doesn't do that. <laughs> the beauty of it is it lets games use their te- use their tedium to their advantage. As we discussed elsewhere, there's a work to earn the right to play aspect of World of Warcraft where you grind or farm for gold for the right to do cool stuff later. The tedious nature of the farming actually adds to the sense of accomplishment later on, and it helps squash any sense of guilt you might have had about neglecting schoolwork or household chores in order to play the game. After all, you did your chores. The 12 hours you spent farming for gold last Tuesday was less fun than mowing the effing lawn. Now it's time for fun. So what's the problem? Video game designer Aaron Hoffman said it perfectly. Addiction is not about what you do, but about what you don't do because of the replacement of the addictive behavior. She was talking about how the attraction of a simple Flash game like Bejeweled depends entirely on how badly you want to avoid doing the work you have open in the other window. The terrible truth is that a lot of us begged for a Skinner box we could crawl into, because the real-world system of rewards is so much more slow and cruel than we expected it to be. In that, gaming is no different from other forms of mental escape, from sports fandom to moonshine. The danger lies in the fact that these games have become so incredibly efficient at delivering a sense of accomplishment that people used to get from their education or career.
1: We're not saying. Gaming... Oh, I don't know necessarily. Uh, careers have stopped being repetitive. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry. Er, yeah, have started just recently started being repetitive. Careers have just recently. No, no,
0: no, But games are recent, as in the last as of the last. But few he's decades. claiming that
1: people used to get them from their careers.
0: These senses of. Uh,
1: you know accomplishment or I see whatever what you're and I'm i I don't know that that's necessarily true. Well, I
0: think what he is, he is saying is that it's it's a replacement for uh, for real life, for, for people to escape into.
1: I think it's, a, uh, yes, it's escapism, yeah. certainly. The same way that uh, most things, you know, most things that are addictive are escapism.
0: We're I not saying I agree with that. He says we're not saying gaming will ruin the world or that gaming addiction will be a scourge on the youth the way crack ruined the inner cities in the 1990s. But we may wind up with a generation of dudes working at Starbucks when they had the brains and talent for so much more. They're dissatisfied with their lives because they wasted their 20s playing video games and will escape their dissatisfaction by playing more video games. Rinse. Repeat. And let's face it. If you think World of Warcraft is addictive, wait until you see the games they're making 10 years from now. They're only getting better at what they do. From Crack.com. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. You can also bring up whatever's on your mind. Bob is in North Carolina. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark.
6: Yes, um, I just wanted to talk about um, how my roommate, um, she is really into this World of Warcraft game. Really? Yeah. How into it? Um, She'll skip work.
0: Skip work? That's bad. Whoa. That's an addiction.
6: Yeah. In fact, um, you know, it's gotten to the point where she actually just got written up recently. Mm. At work. Um, And she plays the World of Warcraft and she plays second life for her two games. And, and, and she has a boyfriend, too. Um, so I've got myself and her and her boyfriend, and we all live in the same apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, How
0: does he handle it? Does he uh, sit and uh, observe, or does he find something else to do? Is he also he's addicted?
6: Really, he's really upset about it. I uh. think it causes a tremendous amount of stress for him, like to the point where he even gave her an ultimatum where he said, it's me or the game, because he can talk to her, but she won't hear anything he's saying. You know, she's that into the game where she's actually like in some sort of altered consciousness. Well,
0: it's just that you're you're focused on something and it's hard to pay attention to someone who's speaking to you. I mean, sometimes before the show, uh-huh. I'll be sitting here doing uh, things on my computer and uh-huh. Mark will be trying to tell me something that uh, he wants me to know about. And I'll just I'll have to tell him, Mark, I'm not paying you know full attention to you. If I'm not looking at you, there's a good chance I'm not uh, I'm not paying full attention. It makes me want to strangle him. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: I can understand.
0: So how long Um, has this been going on? I mean, how long have you been roommates with this person?
6: We've only been roommates a few months. Did you know um, this when you got into it? She's been doing this for a while.
0: Did you know when you got into the roommate situation that she was like this?
6: Um, I really didn't. And I got to say, it's kind of weird because she's not very social. Does it
0: affect you you in
6: any way? um, Is she paying the rent?
0: Is she skipping out on bills? That kind of thing?
6: Well, I don't know. That may be what's going to happen. How long has this been going
0: on? How long have you been with her?
6: Well, She's, she's been skipping um, just a few months you know we've been roommates it's um, her, her uh, boyfriend is my cousin mm-hmm. and so I've been friends with him I'm just getting to know her actually I see and uh, so it's kind of it's kind of different um,
0: when do you see when do you see her and she is not playing world of War Warcraft
6: um, I when I see her not playing that game yeah I see How her often? playing my, my Xbox. i'm not even kidding she's like addicted to mass effect too (laughs) so when is she
0: not playing a video game like she does she take a break for a shower every so often maybe to
6: go see like avatar wow you know she's ate up 3d what's
0: what is the demographic of this young lady how old um how old Um, is she
6: she's uh she's a, a white female about approximately uh 20 years old 22 maybe is she
0: in college? Uh, is she, she um, completed she's not school?
6: in college. She graduated high school. Mm-hmm. She wants to go to college, but you know she can barely you know so hold she... her job down. Yeah, I mean because this game is apparently so demanding of her time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. What else can you say to that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I can tell you that the, this is not too uncommon. Uh, it's really. <laughs> A profound level of addiction that some people have to these uh, these games, especially the online uh, massively multiplayer role playing games, because there's no end to them. There's no that's true. You can't beat the game, right? I mean, the, and I,
6: I think I think our emotional needs. You know, I'm a psychology student myself. I think our emotional needs that we would ordinarily seek other integration with people in real life. People are turning to seek that type of emotion, that need for emotional integration and relationships with other people in this virtual environment um, that really kills – I think it could eventually kill society as we know it into this sort of like Facebook, World of Warcraft, voyeuristic-type society – where well, we're not actually socially integrating anymore and it breaks. there's a breakdown in the community. I think you have you a legitimate know, the community concern. community values that we all
0: have. I, I think you have a legitimate concern. I don't see it getting that bad. Yeah. I think people
1: will find out, that, see the other people doing it and say, whoa, I'm not doing that. Kind of yeah, like drunks yeah. on the street.
2: I'm, I'm
0: definitely yeah. not going to do that. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, you're right about your observation in regards to it replacing relationships. Uh, and in fact, I want to share a story that you'll have a lot, I think you can relate to here. And thank you for the call tonight, Bob. We appreciate hearing from you. We'll share that story about a one man story about his gaming addiction coming up here in hour number three. You can also bring up anything Take control the
9: airwaves free talk live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. This is Free
0: Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free if you dial in at 1-800-259-9231. You're welcome to bring up uh, whatever might happen to be on your mind. You can talk about video game addiction. That's been the the topic of discussion for the last hour here. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We give them to you free to get you hooked, so you'll start... (laughs) Becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers for 3 bucks a month. Pump that pellet. Uh, Well, you know, there's no real pellet that uh, you'll get from Free Talk Live uh, except for the daily pellet of our show, which I suppose counts. I don't know. We're talking about uh, different addictive techniques that video games have implemented that are in many cases very devious. At least that was the discussion last hour. If you missed that, you can go grab it over at freetalklive.com later tonight. Um, But there's a story from kotaku.com. That I just thought was probably, the I think it's, it's a perfect example, the <laughs> pinnacle of, the, of someone's video game addiction, or the, the, the zenith, uh, the, the possible, the, the, the highest possible uh, example of what can happen to somebody, or lowest, I suppose, possible example of what one's life can be like when one is addicted to these games. It's pretty scary. So I'm going to share this with you here, and if you can relate, call in, share your story, or bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Story is called, I Kept Playing, The Costs of My Gaming Addiction. <laughs> I hated level 40, she said with a sigh. It was the first time we'd spoken in eight years, and she'd never forgotten the night I spurned her advances in favor of gaining a level in EverQuest. Wow. During the course of my tenure at Kotaku, I've referenced my days in EverQuest, On many occasions, but I've never elaborated on on what went down back then. Recent events in my life have brought that period to the fore, and I've decided to share my experience with our uh, readers. And Kotaku, by the way, is a gaming website. In November of 2000, my life was going well. I had a lovely girlfriend, a serviceable vehicle, and a job that paid more than enough for me to survive while catering to my increasingly expensive video game habit. Within four months, it would all be gone. At the time, I was sharing an apartment with a friend of mine named Dustin. Dustin was a great guy, but he spent his entire downtime sitting in front of his computer, playing a video game called EverQuest. I had encountered the game before, having participated in the beta for Sony Online Entertainment's massively uh, massively popular multiplayer game, but once the game went live, I lost interest. I just couldn't see myself paying a monthly fee just to play a computer game. Oh, how things have changed. Having nothing much else to do at the time, I'd sit and watch Dustin play. He'd explain what his monk character was doing in the game. I was a spectator as he progressed, learning to feign death, earning new weapons, and taking on greater challenges as he got closer and closer to the level cap. So when I wasn't spending time with my girlfriend Emily, I would watch Dustin play. Or I would tool around on various text-based mushes and moos online, role-playing with people all over the world. I'd been into science fiction, fantasy, and comic books since I was very young, so slipping into an imaginary world came easy to me. Perhaps a little too easy. Toward the end of 2000, Emily and I broke up. The reasoning behind this is far too stupid to delve into. Let's just say we were both young and a bit foolish. I became depressed, and Dustin had just the thing to cheer me up. The Scars of Elias expansion for EverQuest came out in December of 2000. My roommate, perhaps tired of my moping over my lost love, picked up a copy of the game for me as a Christmas present. I installed it. How kind of him. Created a half-elven mm-hmm. bard. And soon our apartment had two guys in the living room at all hours of the day, faces bathed in the glow of monitors. Within a week, the game that, had, uh, that hadn't affected me at all nearly two years previously had become an important part of my life. Soon, it would become my life. If I wasn't asleep or at work, I was playing EverQuest. The former was becoming a rarity. I would go into work, and I would still hear the sounds of EverQuest orcs in my head. All I had to do was close my eyes, and I was speeding through the greater faedark zone, killing pixies and turning in quest items. In January of 2001, a man with a tow truck came to my place of employment and took my car away. I had fallen behind on payments without realizing it, and Nissan had decided they wanted my Sentra back. My first thought as I watched the tow truck drive away was how many hours walking to and from work would take away from my EverQuest time. Oh, God. <laughs> I worked at a company called FranchiseOpportunities.com, maintaining and creating websites, but increasingly my time there was spent either communicating with my EverQuest friends or browsing websites for tips on the best equipment and techniques for grinding experience points in gold. It was impossible for my co-workers not to notice. In February of 2001, Joseph Lunsford, the owner of the company, called me into his office. It wasn't an easy decision, Lunsford told me this month when I went to see him and talk, uh, talk to him about the person I used to be. You were You were amazingly bright. I was convinced there wasn't anything you couldn't do. You showed so much promise, but your interest in work just fell off. Projects started taking longer to get done, and it was obvious your head wasn't in it. You left me no choice. I was in tears back then. I felt unbelievably pathetic. I had no car. I had no job. Joe had handed me my last paycheck and about $120 he had in his wallet and sent me on my way. I took a taxi home, broke the news to my roommate. We had moved into a three-bedroom to split the bills three ways, or roommates, broke, my, broke the news to my roommates. Went into my bedroom, started up EverQuest, and forgot about everything. According to Dr. Hilary uh, Hillary Cash, the executive director of the Restart Internet and Gaming Addiction Recovery Program and co-author of the book Video Games and Your Kids, How Parents Stay in Control, retreating inside a video game to avoid real-world problems is a common cause of video game addiction. I would definitely call it video game addiction, which is a subset of internet addiction. Many of the things that you described to me—this is the expert uh, writing this—are typical of a video game addict, particularly the way that real life shrinks away for the addict living more and more in the virtual world. And that's exactly what I was doing. I had been a confident and outgoing young man who enjoyed hanging out with my friends, spending hours chatting about absolutely nothing while smoking cigarettes and drinking countless cups of Waffle House coffee. Now my social dealings involved helping online friends camp a rare monster spawn or discussing class balance on my guild's chat channel. So as we were talking earlier about uh, the, the, the caller earlier last hour was suggesting that if these you know, games keep getting more popular, that uh, all social interaction will go away and from real world and, and go into uh, the game world. And, and that's what he's talking about. His social world became the people that, uh, that he knew in, uh, in the game going outside and of course that's
1: not going to happen because um you know for the guys that are online losing their girlfriends there's the guy out there picking them up yeah okay so and you know that that that, this is not going to
0: happen no it'll never go beyond uh, and and the
1: girls out there losing their boyfriends too i mean uh, the the gentleman called in about his roommate who's female and i would say just to just to guess here that it's mostly guys but probably you know it doesn't really matter if it's only 20 percent girls if that girl's your girlfriend
0: and I remember, that it's not in this story, but there was another story about uh, a guy who was ad- addicted to gaming, uh, the online games, where, you know, he thought his online friends were his real friends, but when he didn't show up to play, they were pissed at him. So, they're not really your friends, <laughs> they're just the people you play a game with. Yeah. Anyway, going outside was only necessary when I ran out of smokes or beverages. I lived off 30-cent pot pies from Walmart and cheap bags of rice. I was taking care of my most essential needs but only barely. Oftentimes, I'd fall asleep in my chair in front of my computer with EverQuest running, waking up hours later to start the cycle all over again. Wow. Even now, my memories of the period are a blur of Oasis runs, power leveling, and experience grinding. My mother remembers those days much more vividly. She recalled recently, Mike was unavailable for most of that period. There was no way to contact him except to do a drive-by, preferably with a bag of groceries in the back seat. I remember trying to talk to him, such a fine mind and a wild sense of humor, all covered up and hidden deep inside again. He listened half-heartedly and was easy to anger. He was going down fast, even to the point of telling how it really was and not just what you, uh, and not just what you wanted to hear. Hearing her talk about it now, I can barely believe I'd gotten so bad, but I tend to hold on to positive memories more than the negative ones, like the day Emily came back. Remember, he broke up with his girlfriend uh, in the beginning of the uh, the year 2000, and it was the breakup with the girlfriend that led him to the video game, which then he uh, absorbed himself in, lost his job, lost his car, but now the girl comes back. Surely that's going to change everything. Why wouldn't it? I mean, you've got something else to occupy your time, something real, something tangible, another human being with which you can interact. We'll find out what he did. Here in a moment. 800-259-9231. You can share your stories as well. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231.
9: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever might have to be on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime? It's right here in New Hampshire with hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people soon to be thousands we've got almost 800 people that are here in New Hampshire as part of the free state project there are almost 10,000 people that are signed up as uh, to move to New Hampshire as part of the free state project in fact you can be part of the first 10,000 if you get on board now over at freestateproject.org we're trying to reach 20,000 so we're almost halfway to our uh, to our halfway point <coughs> we're almost to our halfway point uh, the current count is at 9,994. We are six participants away now from... Let's get that tonight. ...getting to 10,000. I don't know how, uh, Mark, I'm, I'm not sure how accurate the clock is. I don't know if they if they calculate it on a once-a-day basis or if it's done on an instantaneous basis. I'm not positive on that. I So even if we did it tonight... It may not show up till tomorrow or something like that. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure how it works, but nonetheless, the clock or uh, the counter has uh, continuously been rising over the past few weeks. And uh, so come on board, Get, be be part of the first uh, first 10,000. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org and join us for the Liberty Forum coming up in less than a week's time at uh, this time next week. Mark, you're going to be broadcasting live from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. I think Gardner Goldsmith will be joining you for uh, for that particular broadcast. And it's going to be a lot of fun. There's so much to do at the Liberty Forum. It's a great convention-style atmosphere. Lots of guest speakers and panel discussions, dinners, after-hours parties. It's a good time. So please head on over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. It's not too late to get registered. You can also use our discount code FTL to save 10%. That's uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Luther, you made it out to the Liberty Forum last year, right? I did, actually. It was my first big uh, event in New Hampshire. That's right, that, that's right. Cause you'd moved up to the northeast, right? But you I moved, spent some time in Maine for a while. Yeah, I had
2: to move over to Maine. I got a job out that way, and I was uh, kind of just roughing it by myself. Uh, actually, I knew another free stater in Maine, and t- the two of us would get together and have the free staters of Maine meetings every <laughs> once every other weekend or so.
0: So, what did you like the most about the Liberty Forum? Um,
2: I guess just uh, meeting meeting all the other people who were into it. You know, who were. Liberty-minded, the same way I was. It was very uh, good people. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, is eye-opening really? It just I, f- I went home and I was I was just felt so good. I I was in such a great mood. And then maybe a week or two later, my boss called me up and he said, Hey, there's an opening at the uh, New Hampshire uh, branch. Did you want to transfer? Oh, nice. Still?
0: Of course. Yeah, uh, let me think. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and it is a great group of people. And that's got to be the best part, I think, about the Liberty Forum is the the camaraderie, the getting together, the socializing with other like-minded folks. And, uh, you know, these are relationships that if you're part of the Free State Project and you're planning on moving to New Hampshire, these are relationships that uh, you're going to start here and, and pos- possibly last for the rest of your life. Yeah. So uh, it's really a great movement. Anyway, freestateproject.org. So we're sharing a story from Kotaku.com, K-O-T-A-K-U.com, where one of the, uh, the writers for the website is really digging deep here and uh, sharing from the heart a personal experience that is really sad. Uh, he was addicted to EverQuest. He got hooked on it after he broke up with his girlfriend uh, in the year 2000, and subsequently lost his job because he was thinking about and work doing EverQuest things at work. wasn't playing, but like you know, going to EverQuest forums and and uh, chatting with his buddies from EverQuest and things like that uh, while he was at work. So he lost his job. He was so engrossed in the game that he lost his car. They repossessed his car because he missed payments. He didn't even realize it. He was so oblivious to the, the real world, he was just enveloped within this game. So he left a story off where his girlfriend shows back up in his life. His ex-girlfriend, Emily, shows back up in his life. He says, it was three months after I was fired that Emily decided to give us another chance. I wasn't the same man she had been with before. I was relatively skinny and my hair had grown ridiculously long. As we lay curled up in bed one evening, she commented on how my belly had disappeared, which tickled me to no end. It seems perverse to me now. It wasn't as if I'd been dieting or exercising. I was taking pride in my own malnourishment. My existence slowly started gaining some semblance of a real life again. Emily went out one afternoon and brought me a stack of job applications, which motivated me to go out, get my hair cut, and go to my first job interview at Fast Signs down the street. Looking slightly more human and feeling more alive than I had in months, I got the job on the spot. It was amazing how fast things had turned around. Unfortunately, It would not last. In an odd twist, my EverQuest friends were now worried about me. I hadn't been around, and they missed my sense of humor and my enthusiasm. My ability to twist four bard songs at a time didn't hurt either. These people needed me. I was important to them, and I couldn't let them down. (laughs) Looking back, I can't believe I missed the irony there. So, I started playing EverQuest again. At first, it was only on the nights that Emily couldn't make it over. But soon, I was back to my regular play schedule every waking hour. I was regularly late to work and called in sick at least once every two weeks so I could stay home and play. You know, the government at some point is going to regulate these games.
1: Then came... They'll have guys like this talking, telling their story at the, <laughs> the Capitol building. I couldn't handle
8: it anymore because I was out of control. <laughs> Don't give them
0: any ideas, Mark. You know they listen to the show. The woman I had once told was the love of my life was sitting undressed In my bed, not a foot away from my computer desk, begging me to join her. And I kept putting it off. I was so close to level 40, I could taste it. Incredible. I was in the dreadlands, killing large enemies back and forth, killing them slowly with my bard songs. I still remember the urgency I felt, along with the annoyance that this woman was trying to keep me from (laughs) reaching my goal wench couldn't she understand how important this was to me yeah it wasn't important <laughs> she had certainly tried back then she said i just figured i was dating a gamer and that's how it was going to be she told me recently i hadn't dated many guys at that point and my older brother was the same way he worked came home and played video games eight years later it became obvious that my lack of attention toward her weighed far more heavily than either of us had suspected one morning in late September of 2001, I called my job and quit. Whatever justification I had for this at the time doesn't matter. <laughs> the reason I quit was because I was tired of making excuses for being late, and I just wanted to play EverQuest. Emily and I had grown further apart. During my time at Fast Signs, I purchased an old car for my sister, only to discover I couldn't get insurance for it due to my driver's license being suspended over a previous ticket ironically issued for her driving without insurance. Rather than actively working to fix the problem, I slipped deeper into depression. I would let Emily take the car, driving it with a tag applied for a plate on the back, but wouldn't go anywhere with her for fear of being pulled over and sent to jail. Instead, I'd stay home and play Everquest. The last time I would see her, until two thousand nine, was two days after her birthday in early October. I had to let her take the car to her party, or yeah, I had let her take her car the car to her party, but refused to go with her. She reacted by keeping my car for two days without contacting me. I responded by telling her to return the car and the keys and get out of my life. She did just that. And I kept playing. December rolled around again. One year after I had taken my first steps into EverQuest's world of Norath, until, and I had completely changed, I went from being a strong, independent person to a gaunt, unshaven, unshowered recluse, completely withdrawn from the outside world. My roommate, once one of my greatest friends, was threatening to throw me out of the apartment if I didn't find a job. But I had absolutely no motivation. The only time I left my dwelling was to scavenge for food at my parents' house, or to grab a quick shower, as our apartment's hot water had been turned off. There's more to the story. 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. What happens to uh, our intrepid reporter? 800-259-9231. He did manage to pull out of it, uh, but we'll uh, tell the rest of the story here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features, they're free, and they include the archive. So if you missed a moment of the show, just click download. You can have all you want, completely free, at freetalklive.com. In fact, in our podcast, they go all the way back to January of 2009. So enjoy freetalklive.com. We're talking about video game addiction here. We'll get right back into your phone calls, wrapping up the story from kotaku.com. You know, it, the
1: guy's talking about how he was addicted to EverQuest, Everquest. Right, back yeah. in 2000 and 2001. That's right. And it's it's kind of funny because if you just sort of you know tune in and you don't know, that, uh, you know precisely what's going on here, you're just kind of catching up with the story, you're like, EverQuest? Good lord, that's from way back. <laughs> and it, it just sounds funny. Are you kidding? I mean, because there's so many games out there now that uh, yeah. people are addicted to. World of Warcraft, great example, that people are uh, addicted to. And that's kind of the, the common thing. It's like it's like a drug addict saying, yeah, man, I do quaaludes and barbiturates. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> PCP. You know, things that just don't get... It's just right, Back
0: in my day, it, right? That we, kind we of played thing. EverQuest. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, they probably still play it. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Is EverQuest... Still questing today. I think
1: 2000. EverQuest 2 was released in like 2004, and EverQuest 3 is uh, in the works.
0: Wow. All right. Well, we're gonna continue here, and we'll get right back into your phone calls. Whether you want to tell us your addiction story or bring up anything. This is one of the editors over at Kotaku.com, and uh, he's talking about his ha- his history where he's uh, had his car repossessed, his girlfriend broke up with him, uh, he broke up with his girlfriend, the same girl. And let's see. Well, actually, his girlfriend broke up with him before all of his addiction started. Then his addiction started, lost his job, lost his car, got back together with a the girlfriend, then told her to go take a hike because playing EverQuest was too important to him. Uh, skipped uh, skipped out on the opportunity to uh, engage in sexual relations with his girlfriend when she was begging him to uh, to quit playing the game for just a little while to pay attention to her. It's uh, just a sad, sad story. So she left. He he told her to leave. He then quit his job that he'd managed to get at that point because he wanted to play EverQuest. And now we're to the point where uh, he says that he was scavenging for food at his parents' house or grabbing a quick shower is the only times he would ever leave the computer screen is when he would have to go and do those things.
1: The part that uh, it seems so odd to me is the uh, the roommates putting up with it. I mean, why? And well, the him, roommate
0: threatened to uh, right. kick him out of the but apartment. why didn't
1: he just go to the parents' house? I mean, if, if this is what you're
0: if, you to know, move into his parents' yeah, house, why would you just guess take your what's computer? coming next? Says I remember feeling like a ghost, drifting through the waking world unnoticed. Luckily for me, my mother was looking out for me as best she could. Mom looks back and says, "He didn't look like Mike anymore. He was scary and pitiful." I was afraid he was suicidal or dying of some mysterious disease. It broke my heart, and I knew that coming home and taking the pressure off would be the best medicine for him. And so, on January 1st, 2002, at the age of 28, I moved back in with my parents. It wasn't an instant cure for my addiction. As soon as I convinced them to let me order DSL, I was back online again. "'But something had changed. "'I started spending more time hanging out with my parents "'and less time sitting in front of my computer, uh, "'staring at little computer people doing little computer things. "'I had responsibilities. "'I had a support system. "'I had a stable platform to launch myself from "'instead of the quicksand I felt I'd been standing in before. "'Within two months, I'd found myself a job at a local gas station. "'Later that year, I started speaking with Joe Lunsford again, his old boss.' Uh, providing myself through contract work, or proving myself, rather, through contract work, until he decided to hire me on again in 2003. So I once again had a job, a girlfriend, and eventually my own apartment sans roommates. And that's where I was in 2006 when Brian Crescente uh, contacted me and asked me if I wanted to write for Kotaku. And that's where I am now. It would be easy for me to pin my problems on EverQuest, and society in general would accept that without question— I could say I fell prey to an addictive video game that nearly ruined my life, but I would know that that wasn't the case. I hid. I ran from my problems, hiding away in a virtual fantasy world instead of confronting the issues that might have been easily resolved if I had addressed them directly. As far as I'm concerned, the only thing Sony Online Entertainment is guilty of is creating a damn good hiding place. It was my responsibility to control how much I played, and the uh, the Sony spokesperson I contacted regarding my story agrees. The Sony rep said, EverQuest is a game. The majority of the hundreds of thousands of subscribers play the game in moderation, enjoying the gameplay as well as the community interaction the game provides. As with any form of entertainment, it's the responsibility of each individual player to monitor his or her own playing habits and prioritize his or her time as necessary. It's not our place to monitor or limit how individuals spend their free time. Dr. Hilary Cash agrees as well, though she suspects that game developers are actively engaged in trying to make their games more addictive. She says some, some blame can be laid at the feet of developers, making a conscious effort to make their games more addictive, as we talked about in the second hour of the program. It's analogous to the tobacco industry trying to make tobacco more addictive. It works to their benefit. That having been said, it's up to the individual to take responsibility for how they play. During our conversation, Dr. Cash also likened gaming to gambling. Some people can walk into a casino, lose five bucks, and call it quits. You have to know your own limits and be conscious enough of them to know when you're in danger of going too far. My own solution to my potential for MMO addiction is rather simple. I've managed to turn a habit that once interrupted my work into something I actively have to do for work. It's no longer escapism if I am doing my job. Perhaps I'm fooling myself, but if I'm going to be that gullible, I might as well take advantage. As for Emily, <laughs> she's sitting behind me as I type this, playing Peggy. I'd ask her to come to bed, but I know how important getting to that next level can be. So, she came back to him after uh, after all that. I don't know what Peggy is. Some game. It's apparently. Yeah. So, just thought that was a uh, probably one of the most sad things. And revealing stories of video game addiction I think I've ever come across And the last time we talked about this uh, topic on the on the show It was like pulling teeth to try to get somebody Who, of our relatively techni- technically oriented Gamer geek audience uh, I mean, our, our internet listeners well, are likely gamers to, uh, to to actually tell us one of their stories So I yeah, uh, figured we'd go with this
1: one And Not only do you have to have had the experience But you have to be good at telling the story In this case, this yeah. guy's a good writer oh, yeah. And a good storyteller And that's why this story is so good not only did he have the experience. I mean, you know, when you look at all these uh, these guys that have been drug addicts or ex convicts or whatever, mm-hmm. there's there's only a few of them that are out on the speaking tours, going to churches and right. uh, you know youth groups and things like that, talking to people about their their issues. Why? Because those guys can tell a story.
0: So we go to your phone calls here. We can come back to video game addiction uh, or whatever. Dino is in Oregon. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dino. Dino, rocking out in Oregon. Dino, I think uh, we'll just put him back on. Is the there way. any chance that's the theme song from EverQuest? Yeah, that might. I don't know what that is. I have no yeah. idea either. So certainly, a, it sounded video gamey though, didn't it? It did, yeah. All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So uh, have you guys been hooked on something recently? Because I have. I was hooked on uh, Fallout Three, which is a and it's not an online role-playing game, but it is a role-playing game, and it's of the, uh, the non-linear style, so you're in this huge gaming world where there are all kinds of different things uh, that, uh, that you can go out and do. And I literally poured about 40 hours into that game in a one-week time frame wow yeah <laughs> yeah
1: was,
2: I, I worked that much yeah exactly <laughs>
4: Well, exactly I mean,
1: but you that's that's your personality when it comes to games though you'll you'll get the game you'll conquer the game and then you go back to doing your normal life yeah. and you, you can do that you'll put months in between games whereas i generally play video games every day but i don't Is play that right? them that much um, you know, if I put an hour into a, into video games in a day, that's a that's a big day for me. There are times there are weekends when I say, you know what? I'm getting immersed and yeah. I'll, you know, not <laughs> shave, not bathe. Um <laughs> frozen food it and just you know for i'll play i can play for eight or ten hours right but i won't i would never put that in front of uh, rarely would i do that to to put that in front of work that would be an extraordinary circumstance sometimes maybe on a friday afternoon when people don't want to get calls from salespeople Mm -hmm. anyway so you know like yeah eh, whatever play video game
2: no no i uh i have brick breaker on my phone and uh I really want to beat my friend's high score,
0: and I'm so close, but uh, I don't know. I don't. Doesn't dedicate... sound too
2: profound. Yeah, I don't, I don't. dedicate that much. It's
0: brick breaker. I mean. Yeah, I don't find that phone games are really <laughs> engrossing uh, or interesting to to me at all. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the Sequal C A I toll free line. But it
1: is. The, it but like they said in here, it's the nature of what you have to do. So if I'll be sitting in a waiting room, I've got a Sudoku on my phone. I'll play the Sudoku, um, and in order than rather than just sitting there.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. We're coming up here in the remaining moments. Enough time for your calls. Share your gaming addiction stories or bring up absolutely anything in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This free talk live. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. There's enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. We've been focused on uh, gaming the last uh, couple hours of the show, talking about the addictive techniques that uh, gaming companies are using, uh, putting into their games these days to get you to play longer and, uh, and put more money into the games. There are also we've been talking about a video game addiction and some of the uh, the consequences. Uh, we st- told a lengthy story from one of the editors over at Kotaku or one of the writers there, uh, Kotaku.com, where his life basically wasted away, he lost his girlfriend, his car, his job, and uh, literally was wasting away uh, playing this uh, this game EverQuest. And actually, we were looking around during uh, the break there and uh, because I was curious, is, is everQuest still going? I mean, EverQuest is kind of the first game of its type. I mean, there were games before EverQuest uh, They were called Moos. Well, they, they're basically text versions of EverQuest uh, where people could get together online in a little text universe and go mm-hmm. around and kill beasties and things like that. And so EverQuest was kind of the first uh, graphical representation of one of these games. And Ever- EverQuest came out back in 1999. According to Wikipedia, there have been 16 expansions available for purchase since then. And the last uh, last one that came out was just a few months ago in, uh, I think, December or October or something like that of 2009. So this game has been uh, expanded upon and continued Seems for a decade. Seems to have some decade. staying coward, huh? A decade! <laughs> I mean, what kind of games can make that... Can make that claim. I mean, I don't know if they have uh, upgraded the game engine and so the, the the game looks like it's from 2009 now. That wasn't made clear to me. But oh, it has to. But the game itself has uh, has it's still Lived going. On. I mean, that's to me that's incredible. Well, the, I, the game is
1: not much cheaper than a new video game anyway. I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, EverQuest costs $20 or something like that. And you can get yeah. a game in the store for, they certain, most of them come out, the big ones come out at 50 and then work their way down to 20. Sure. When I buy them, they're generally sitting at 20, um, or a smart way to lower, do it. but, well, you know, um, I, I, th- those are for kids who's, they're spending their parents money for yeah. 50 bucks a piece. <laughs> but, um, you know, so they they get the money from the video game up front and then they get a monthly residual. Right.
0: Ten bucks a pop, I think, is what it costs at least usually for most of these games per month.
1: and, And, you know, there may be a sign up fee on top of that.
0: I don't think so. I think usually, you know, you pay ten bucks, you, you're in for a month, and then you yeah, well, pay ten bucks again and again and again. Whatever. It's, but imagine
1: it, that for ten years. Right. So what I'm I'm saying here is, if, of course, they've upgraded it. Um, if you can if you can buy uh, you know, an, an amazing game like God of War 2. Yeah. Uh, which is that's PS2. I have I you know I don't have a PS3. Um you know if you can buy an amazing game like that for 40 bucks then for 20 bucks and then a monthly residual of $10 a pop of course everquest better be the you know top of the line stuff
0: now it seems pretty unlikely as, as is War, world of warcraft i'm sure it, it seems pretty unlikely that anybody will be would have actually played everquest for all 10 years but they must be out there right I mean, you're sure. talking about well, it's it's like $1,200 is what you'd be spending if you played every month. Uh, there for, are
1: people out there that have, uh, you know, they, people value their accounts. So there are people yeah. that have old AOL accounts and they want to keep it just because they've got the, mm-hmm. you know, some address they like. How about the people with the uh, the Rhode Island and the Delaware uh, license plates that are the low numbers that they want to keep? You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. This, this this sort of uh, this this I was uh, f- one of the first members of the club. Yeah, I was there. Whatever first. it is. Yeah. I remember I was in prison, and excited that I was the guy who had been there at that prison the longest. Really?
0: I would tell anybody <laughs> wow. who would listen. <laughs>
1: I, mean, I mean, talk about being excited about something you don't want to be excited about. <laughs> talk about a dubious title. Yeah. I, it, people are that way though. So, you know, if you're if you've been doing EverQuest for nine years, you're not going to stop your subscription. You're going to keep no. going even if you don't play that often.
0: The toll-free number here is eight hundred two 800-259-9231. So I, I can understand uh, where this and I, where these people are coming from with the, the gaming addictions. Like I said, I, I was just playing a game not long ago where I, I poured the hours in. I, I finished playing that game a, a week late, a week after I got it, and I, I got to the ending of the game. And it's one of those games that's non-linear, so there there is an ending in the game, but you don't have to go to it. Like, I could have just gone and done other things in the game and never gotten to the ending if I I didn't want to. But I did go and pursue the ending, and once once the game ended, I dropped my interest in it, and I haven't picked it up since then, even though I did get an expansion for it, and I could go back in and do all kinds of other things in the game. I put it down and dropped it. But while I was playing it, it was profound for me, like... I would sit there during the overnight hours, because I was managing to actually get some work done, too, believe it or not. Yeah, that's the uh, time you were adding a lot of stations. Yeah, I was doing fairly well. So right. it's like, <laughs> I wasn't, I I'm wasn't not going to hang my, your
1: skin out to dry yeah, if you're
0: getting stations. I, I wasn't beating myself up too bad uh, for this, but you know, there was one night where I said, all right, I'm going to go to bed at 3 a.m. I'm going to bed at 3 a.m., and I didn't get into bed until 6. You know, it was just Ooh. like, it. it, it there's that's that's an addiction right because uh you you gave well, up what you had intended I don't think that's in order an addiction. to play the game i think that
1: uh, I, I i think that you know it you it requires a series of bad decisions to it was get to an night addiction. after
0: night after night that i was one I, night if it, if it was the weekend I'd be up till eight a.m <laughs> yeah wow. so i did some reading yeah. on i
1: did some reading on addiction recently after uh, our conversation and i you know was sort of uh, distinguishing uh, addiction as only physical addiction. And, you know, I, I there there's no there's no place anywhere that anybody backs me up on my, my claim. Uh, there is, you know, psychological addiction. There are psychological addictions. And anything, essentially, you could become addicted to, whether it's gambling I think so. or
0: hookers or, you know, t- television or whatever. And there know. are different levels, I think, of, uh, of being addicted. I mean, I wasn't addicted to the point where my responsibilities were suffering. If I had something to do in the morning, I was going to get up and I was going to do that. But at the same time, since I didn't have that much to do, I just... I mean, I could have done things. Like, when I say if I had something to do, I mean something I absolutely had to do. Something that couldn't be put off. Had I been getting up on my normal schedule of 9-ish, 10-ish, or whatever time I, I managed to get myself out of bed in the morning, then I would have gotten more done. I would have been more productive that week had it not been for me pouring those hours into the game. And when the week was over... And when I was uh, wondering to myself, I was thinking to myself, "Well, how much time have I put into this? I mean, I, I didn't know exactly uh, there for a while." And thankfully, the game has a handy little counter of how long you've been you've been playing it. Uh, and I presume that counter doesn't include the times where you die and you go back. So I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't think so, but I don't I, w- think I, would, it did. I would think
1: it would actually, but you know.
0: But when right. I looked at the counter, I thought I thought to myself, "All right, I must have spent." I've spent a lot of time playing this game. I must have put a day's worth, like a whole day worth of uh, time into this game, a full 24 hours. And I was surprised to find it was 38 instead of 24. I was I was shocked by that. I thought uh, I didn't realize I had put that much time into it. And I, I think there's something problematic there. But at the same time like you say Mark, you know, it wasn't I wasn't nothing significant was suffering as a result of it as a result of me putting uh, putting all that time in, but I know where these people are coming from, where the uh, the addicts are coming from. And that's why I, I I'm afraid to, to to start with one of these online games. One of the the massively multiplayer online games. No, yeah,
1: absolutely. I won't go near one for just that reason. Right.
0: Really. I, mean, I don't want to get drawn into. I do not want to get drawn into it and to start finding uh, to finding it important and to uh, you know start spending time on it because one thing uh, could lead to another and better to just not tempt uh, tempt myself. Right. I, I mean. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm I'm pretty good at just walking away from stuff. I uh, Have you
0: ever played one of the uh, massively multiplayer online role uh, playing games? I haven't, but they just don't
2: look that interesting to me. Well, that's good. Yeah.
0: I mean, for me, they don't look that interesting either because I I kind of like the idea of of a game with a goal and, you know, eventually being able to uh, to reach that goal. So for me, it's not really something that uh, that uh, that I've been interested. In. But there was one that came out a while back. There was like a Matrix online game. I've always been a fan of oh, the, yeah, uh, the Matrix yeah. uh, movie series, and that was the one time I was tempted. I was like, oh, I've never played one of these online uh, role-playing <laughs> games. And I was tempted. I was like, Yeah, the Matrix is cool. I'll give maybe I'll give this one a try. But I managed to uh, to to not do it. And find other things to spend my time Well, Well, um, Star Wars has this uh, game called Battlefield 2,
1: and it's you're a stormtrooper or a rebel soldier. It's a war game. Though. Yeah, and, and you yeah can,
2: it's you a go shooter
1: game. First person. It's not first person. Nope. It's a third person. Okay. You, you're up over the shoulder. Unless you want to yeah. be first person. And it has a it's choice. It's
2: like a capture the flag type game.
1: Uh, they have several different varieties, but uh, yeah, you go um, not unlike that. Yeah. Um, and I, I've... Th- that one particular game I play a lot I am really good at that one <laughs> game and I've always thought I should go and
0: play online but <laughs> uh, no oh, that's what those <laughs> games are all about yeah. is playing the, the 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 shooter games are all about playing online I mean, uh yeah it, it, maybe for you not
1: well, for me
2: with strategy games uh, you learn like I, I play civilization I guess that's the closest thing I've come to being addicted to the game I've just I've dedicated so much time to that game but it's a great game that's another one.
0: Yeah. yeah, I stayed up all oh, night playing that game. It's easy.
2: Like you look up at the clock and it's holy crap, you know, yep.
0: eight hours have gone by.
2: <laughs> yes, um, but
0: it's it's been hundreds of years in the game, oh, so yeah, you got yeah. a good investment there. Yeah, it takes
2: a while to really get things done. So, but anyway, it's you, you get to learn what the computer, uh, how the computer thinks and acts, and it gets boring, and it, and really you need multiplayer to kind of. Mix yeah, it up
0: once I aced that game, I lost interest in yeah. it completely. But uh, but it, that's another one that kept me up till like 9 a.m. on some nights. I was just <laughs> playing and playing and playing. Anyway, uh, we're done with the show for tonight. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime. Luther and Mark, thanks for coming in. We'll see you for the Saturday edition tomorrow online in the meantime at
9: freetalklive.com. Attention, active and separated U.S. military personnel. This message is just for you. You're entitled to benefits that are not available to the general public. You deserve them. Your family deserves them. And we want to make sure you know about them.
0: This is Tim Lewis of I Freedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Did you know VA programs can allow you to buy a home with no down payment or refi with cash out up to 100% of your home's equity? And because of your service to your country, it's usually easier to qualify for a VA loan than a conventional loan. On your feet! And get all the details at varadio.com
9: iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 800-900-VA-LOAN. VARadio.com.